Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. That's just just kind of the way it's been going, so got to keep making pitches and and trying to limit damage, but... You know, it's tough. Six of the six of the nine hits are on the ground today, and just didn't really seem to to find much luck or or uh, or bounce my way. That is a frustrated Dallas Keuchel. Yesterday, things did not break his way. The White Sox losing to Tampa, a very good team. You could argue the best team in the American League. Um, certainly one of the best teams in the American League, no doubt. I'm Chris Ranji in for Matt Spiegel today on 670 The Score. Good to have you with us as we continue some White Sox discussion. We bring in, and this it's verified now. This is, this is true. We've known this for a long time, but now we have it in writing. One of the best broadcasters in baseball, Steve Stone, joins us here on the guest hotline, brought to you by Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. Stoney is with us now on the score. Good morning, Steve. How are you doing? Good, Chris. How are you? I'm okay. And uh, we, we saw the poll, the Twitter poll, from it was a, a writer for CBS Sports who had been conducting the poll throughout the week. And you and Jason Benetti were named the best television broadcast duo in baseball. It's got to feel pretty good to get recognized like that. You guys are great. Well, certainly. I mean, it's uh, it's, it's certainly something that's gratifying. Uh, I think we both work pretty hard at what we do. Uh, it was very nice of the uh, of the White Sox Twittersphere to. Uh, to come up and uh, do a great job of voting, and at the end, uh, yeah, we uh, we uh, we got the uh, the most votes. Uh, there were look, there are some great broadcasting teams. I mean, I I personally really enjoy the Mets broadcasting team. I like Kruko and Kuiper in uh, in uh, San Francisco. There's there's a number of just great teams. Uh, Grant and Orsillo in San Diego. Uh, I'm not sure really who's the best of the best there's so many good ones i think i think we also happen to be blessed in chicago across the board in every sport uh there's top of the line broadcasters in every sport i think there's been there's been that for a long time uh so it's it's just uh, i think jason and i both feel gratified to be a part of it and it's got to be great to do this for a team that's really good and there have been some thin years with the Sox. <clears throat> over the last decade or so. And, you know, I've had a couple of good seasons playoff team last year, but just a weird year all around. It, it has to be great 
to to be calling baseball for a team that's got a double digit lead this late in August? Well, I think anytime you're in a rebuild and the Sox were just that, uh, sometimes if you're talking about it for three to four hours a day, you have to go into your vaudeville act because, quite frankly, uh, it's almost like the Wizard of Oz. Don't look behind the curtain. Uh, I remember years and years ago when John McDonough was the uh, was the president of uh, of the Cubs, and we were talking about a marketing uh, a marketing strategy. And the Cubs were not a particularly good team. And I said, how about don't look at the field? And so sometimes with the White Sox the last few years, that was kind of the way the way things went. But this year is um, is a lot more entertaining. I said at the beginning of the season, you know, in spring training, I said, uh, we'd like to think the Sox were going to win, but we do know that they're going to be a very exciting and very entertaining team. And that's exactly what's happened for a number of different reasons. I, I think – this would already be a, a complete blowout if, in fact, the Sox hadn't suffered some devastating injuries to key players. I mean, at one point, you get four year nine uh, disabled, and, uh, you know, three of them are, are power hitters. Uh, it takes away a whole lot of offense from your team. And so, look, uh, the boys find themselves 10 and a half games up. Uh, I think that's a, a pretty good lead at this point. You don't want to really entirely take the foot off the gas because there's uh, there's still some play to be done before you lock it up. Uh, that being said, I think Tony, who's been through this many, many times, wants to make sure that this is a very healthy team as he heads into what he feels eventually will be the playoffs. Uh, that being said, uh, Cleveland is not a bad ball club. They're not a great team. They're game under 500, but they're starting to get their pitching back again. Tristan McKenzie has been just outstanding the last few starts. Uh, if they get Savali and Bieber back, I mean that's still a team that uh, that can get things done. I mean they've got they've got a couple of guys who can hit on that ball club. We've seen it. They're very difficult uh, for the Sox to dominate. We've also seen that. And we've got five game series coming up with them in Cleveland, which is not a great place to be as we saw last year. And I'm not saying that uh, that this season is in danger of going away. But you know you still you still have to win your division. That's important. And there's a there's a lot of people, Chris, that that I talk to that say, well, you know, why isn't Tony playing the number one guys every day, and why isn't he just keeping his foot on the gas? Um, you have to go after the best record in the league because there's your home field advantage. You get to play the wild card team. Yeah, that's that's all well and good. Uh, but the point is that uh, Tony does know that the healthiest team usually wins it in in October. And you would be shocked, well, maybe not because you look at numbers, I know, uh, quite a bit. But uh, the best team in the league very rarely wins it. They just, it, it doesn't happen all that often. Uh, I remember uh, I remember a 116-game win Seattle team got unceremoniously unceremoniously escorted out of the playoffs. I mean, they didn't come close to winning the World Series, so uh, that happens a lot. And uh, whatever happens, the Sox are going to go in, we hope, with a very healthy ball club uh, into October. And, and it's funny you mentioned that because we had a text that came in about 10 minutes ago talking about Tim Anderson, who's not in the lineup today again, and that's consecutive days, but... Larusa just the other day, um, and maybe he was just saying this, but he said, you know, that guy goes full speed all the time, and, and if we can give him, you know, 24 hours off or 48 hours off, we're going to do that. 
Uh, is there a reason to be concerned about him being out of the lineup, or is it just them trying to rest him? Uh, my first instinct is that they're trying to rest him, and knowing that, <clears throat> number one, that's not a great surface to play on. Uh, the the artificial surface uh, in in Tampa is uh, not quite as soft as it could be. I think it really takes uh, a toll on players' bodies, and here we are, the the uh, the later stages were at the 22nd of August. Uh, uh, you want to make sure, again, these guys are healthy, and you want to make sure they don't get hurt. So I, I'm not sure, you know, not being with the team at this point, I'm not sure exactly what Tim is feeling, but I would like to think that, uh, you know, they've got four more coming up in Toronto, and uh could very well be that uh, there's a lot of hard surfaces ahead for these guys, and they don't want to, they don't want to use it all up here. So I think that that's probably – more likely than most, but again, I'm not there to uh, to figure out exactly why it is two days in a row. And, and speaking of that series in Toronto, that is the series we expect Carlos Rodon to come back, and it looks like it'll probably be Thursday that he's back in the rotation. So the way they have they have done things with him, and he he should be healthy at that point. Do you anticipate? that they might give him extra rest again before the end of the season? Well, there's a lot of off days in September. I do know that. And, and Tony made mention of that, that uh, with the off days in September, he, one, doesn't think there's going to be uh, a lot more uh, extended rest periods. I, I don't think that that's the case. I think this one will be fine, assuming that Carlos is entirely healthy. You know, uh, when you've got, let's just look at the top of the rotation. This is not to uh, to denigrate anything Dylan Cease has done because he's been really good. But the top three in whatever order Tony chooses to use them, uh, assuming all are healthy again, is going to be Rodon, it's going to be Lynn, and it's going to be Giolito. I, I think Lucas showed in his outing uh, against the Tampa Bays in their home ballpark uh, that he – he rises to the occasion. He's still a very good pitcher, and I think a guy certainly that uh, will do you a whole lot of good in postseason play. So with those three hopefully healthy, I think the Sox figure with the lineup getting back together again, with Grandal coming back, uh, you can see uh, a resurgent Luis Robert, how good he is. Uh, Eloy in the lineup means a whole lot. Uh, Grandal back with some power from both sides of the plate. Uh, and you factor in, I think, from what I've seen over the last few games, I think maybe Moncada will come back and be the Yuan that we saw a couple of years ago instead of the guy that really struggled for about a two-month period where he was not hitting the ball out of the ballpark, was not making real solid contact. And if, if he comes back as the guy that we think he can be and was, all of a sudden this lineup looks awfully tough. And if that's the case, they're going to be difficult to beat for anybody. And uh, I know the Yankees are red hot. They won nine games in a row. We saw it up close and personal uh, that they were a very good baseball team. However, the Sox battled them. Uh, They certainly battled them uh, tooth and nail when they played them, uh, losing two of three. But that's still a good team. And I'm not convinced Tampa Bay can hold them off yet. We'll have to see exactly what happens. The Yankees seem to be getting hot at the right time. Uh, Adding Rizzo and adding Gallo to that lineup already uh, seems to be a pretty good thing. They're going to get the Glaber back here uh, playing every day. So uh, that team is getting healthy. 
Cole is back and throwing the ball as well as you can throw it. If Severino comes back, that's going to be that team's going to be a handful. Uh, just as soon not play them early in the playoffs. I'd like to see them play for the American League Championship. I think that would be uh, that would be delightful. However, Houston, possibly Oakland, uh, Tampa Bay, uh, they're all going to have a say so in just exactly who's playing for uh, for the right to go to the World Series. Talking with Steve Stone on Hit and Run this morning. Um, at the start of the segment, we played the sound from Dallas Keuchel, who's been, you know, he he said he's frustrated, and he has been over the last few starts. What have you seen with him? He's getting the ground balls. Yesterday didn't get the, you know, the luck behind him. But it, it is there, as you look at him throughout the season, what are you assessing from him that the the issue has been? Well, look, yesterday that ball that hit the bag at third base, I mean, that was a, that was your out of the inning with no problems to you gave up three runs. Now, that being said, uh, quite obviously that's a terrible break. But on the next hitter, he also gave up a rocket to left center field that scored a couple of runs. That wasn't a bad break. That ball was torched. So you still have to make good pitches. And look, uh, you'd like to think luck evens out. Sometimes, you don't feel like it really does. Yes, that was a terrible break on that ball hitting the bag. So what I've noticed this year more than the last couple of years is um, he's missing a whole lot on pitches that he used to hit on. And his whole game is control. His stuff right now is a little short. There's no doubt about it. That cutter that he used to, uh, that he used to routinely get deep inside on right-handers it, it's it's a little lazier break than it was before. It's not quite as sharp. Uh, I think when your stuff, or you're going through a period when the stuff isn't as good as it was, you have to make better pitches. And the one thing you really can't afford to do is fall behind. Dallas has always been able to throw ground balls, which if you can throw double plays, uh, you're going to be in pretty good shape. But now, more than uh, more than in uh, in recent history. When he's making a mistake, they're really making him pay for it. And largely, most of them have been on that cutter. And I know that's his game. I know to protect that, that changeup and that sinker away, he's got to be able to hit with that cutter inside. But uh, sometimes they're not letting the cutter get inside. They're hitting it awfully hard, and that's really, that's really been the case. One of the most inexplicable things that's happened this year, which has led to a lot of his, uh, his runs being allowed, is he can't dominate left-hand hitters anymore. Now, hopefully that comes back because he's never had a real problem with that. But this year, if you take a look at the numbers between right-hand hitters and lefties, uh, lefties are really hurting him. And that hasn't been the case. So that, that's, that's a cause for concern. And he's got, look, he's got some time to straighten it out, and hopefully he'll be able to do that. But um, right now... If I had to pick one guy, even with all of experience right now, he would be the guy that wouldn't get a start in a playoff. If you're going to go with, uh, you know, if if, you, if you're going to go with four guys, he would be the guy that wouldn't get it. Cease has been thrown pretty well. He would be the guy that that does get it. But again, they're not playing the playoffs here on August 22nd. There's a lot of time yet for Dallas to sharpen up that uh, that cutter and to start hitting with both the changeup and the sinker away to the right-handers, but mostly figure out a way to uh, to come up and uh, and get left-handers out. I mean, we saw Meadows yesterday with with uh, with a big two-run single. Um, you know, it's 
it's difficult. There's no doubt about it. It is, it's difficult to, uh, when you're going through, when you've had prolonged success and then you're going through some problems, sometimes it's very hard to straighten it out. And he's in the process of looking for answers right now. I, I was going to ask you about the playoff rotation and you answered that, but he does make a playoff roster, correct? I would think so. I mean, his experience, uh, is terrific. He's been there and done that. And I would think so. But again, you know, who knows? I, I don't know what's going to happen by then. We still have approximately six weeks to go. A lot can happen in six weeks. I mean, you could have a couple of pitchers get hurt. The the pitching staff, by and large, has been very healthy for the Sox this year. I would anticipate that it stays that way, but you never really know. So, you know, nobody makes a playoff roster in August 22nd for a reason. It's because too much can happen between now and then. So let's um, let's uh, worry about that when it happens and see if everybody's healthy, and then uh, and then Tony and and the front office and his coaching staff they'll make a decision on who they want and I think I think it really depends on who you play. I mean uh, that sometimes matchups against who you play dictate one guy making it over another. Steve Stone talking with him on hit and run on the score this morning. And I'm sure you've heard this a ton already. I I hear it a lot from people. One of the criticisms of this team, as good as they've been, is that they just haven't been very good against teams that are good, uh, against the teams that are above 500. They have a record under 500 against those teams. Is that the kind of thing people should really worry about? No, I don't think people should worry about anything, but uh, they can worry if they want to. Uh, first of all, on this particular stretch, which everybody felt would be the toughest stretch of the season, uh, they lost uh, they lost two of three to the Yankees. Then they won three of four from Oakland. Then they took the first game from Tampa. That made them five and three. Then they lost yesterday. That made them five and four in nine games. Five and four. Last I looked, Chris was over five hundred against some of the toughest teams in baseball, a red-hot Yankee team, a very good Oakland team that's sitting there at 16 games over 500, three and a half games in back of Houston, Tampa Bay with the best record in the league. They haven't exactly folded the tent against good teams. And a lot of the numbers that are being quoted were quoted with four of the starters out. You think that means something? doesn't mean anything to me. Because if this team could play real well with four starters out, why would they be four starters? Why wouldn't other guys be starters? You can't, you can't overcome 70 to 90 home runs taken out of your lineup. No team can overcome that. You can take four guys off whichever one of these teams you want to and find out how good they're going to be, and they're not going to be too good. And so uh, nothing, and I'll say it again to you because I've said it so many times in so many different places, nothing that happens during the season affects what happens in the playoffs. I don't particularly care if they beat these good teams. They are having to beat them on this stretch, and they're doing a pretty good job of it. Plus, they seem to be in each and every game. And when you are in each and every game, a lucky break here and there will determine exactly what happens. And so uh, that's kind of that's kind of the deal. Look, uh, what I've said is that worry is in the Sox fans' DNA for the most part, and it really doesn't matter how things are going. They will find something to worry about. Uh, because quite obviously they've been Sox fans for a while. They've seen some strange things happen. But this is not uh, your typical White Sox team. <clears throat> this is a team that's absolutely loaded with talent. Uh, once they get everybody back together again and things are, are sailing smoothly, uh, they truly can beat anybody in baseball. 
they could play uh they could play a, a seven game series against the Yankees and sweep them in four. They could also get swept in four. I don't know what's gonna happen. I do know they have the ability to do that. This team has the ability to outpitch any other team in baseball. They have the ability to outhit any other team in baseball. The soft spots are this. Sometimes the defense isn't what it should be, and that many times will help do you in in close games, especially tight games. Hopefully they can shore up this defense, but the defense has been underwhelming so far across the board. Uh, Certainly it helps with having Luis Robert back in center field. That's always good. I think uh, with the exception of one game, Hernandez has done a terrific job defensively at second base. So things are moving along. Moncada's played a really good third base, as has Abreu at first. Things are getting a whole lot better. But understand, Eloy at his best is going to be an adequate left fielder. And so there's going to be times when the team doesn't look as good as they could look, and then they'll make a decision who plays right. There's another thing, and many times they don't play the smartest game of baseball. On a on an occasional basis, this team has uh, either been outthought or out-executed by some of the better teams in the game. Again, who knows how that's going to play out. Sometimes, sometimes a really good offense that hits a couple of three-run homers in a game can make up for uh, some bonehead plays. And that's what we've seen a little bit more than I would like. Between some horrific base running, sometimes non-execution on defense and some other things, that becomes problematic at times. Again, sometimes talent wills out. Sometimes in a in a close game, when you don't execute, uh, when you don't execute on the base paths, when you don't execute defensively, sometimes that other team's bury you with it. We'll just have to see how it plays out. Those are the two areas of concern where you're looking at areas of concern. And also behind the plate uh, has been an area of concern. Uh, Sebi hits the occasional home run, which is really good. He also misses the occasional ball in the strike zone, which is not very good. Uh, Zach Collins can hit left-handed. Maybe he'll start hit a little bit better. So um, we'll see when Yasmani comes back because it was a knee problem. We'll see just how strong he is in actual catching and how many games he can catch. And then the big decision will be, do you carry two or three catchers? And that will determine the fate of both Collins and Zavala. Steve Stone, appreciate your time as always. Thank you for being with us this morning, and go call a winner today. Well, I would like to, but I'm going to call it from Arizona, and I'm going to listen to Gordon Beckham and uh, and Jason call it. Oh, that's right. That's right. Hopefully they'll be able to to call a, a good ball game. Look, Ronaldo Lopez has been a revelation since coming back, and hopefully that continues. And then if it does, it'll be a tough problem. Uh, to determine what exactly do you do with Lopi going forward. He's been great. He has been, and it looks like he's going to the bullpen once the playoffs start. At least that's uh, what Ethan Katz said yesterday. Yep. Tony, appreciate Arizona and, and the heat. Appreciate the, the heat in Arizona. Okay, Chris. Well, take care. Have a good rest of the show, and I'll talk with you. All right. That's Steve Stone. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter, by the way. And you should do that. He interacts with people. I'm. I didn't think that Stoney would would interact with people, but he does. At Steve Stone, you can follow him there. Um, I think this particular moment of time that we are in is, and I said this earlier when we started the show. This is such a great time for the White Sox. It's a it's a fantastic time, and I am envious of of this situation because just from a personal level i'm envious that it's going so well and i can't be a part of it 
oh my gosh, they're they got a double digit lead. Uh, we'll talk more about that coming up. And and the thing that Stoney mentioned about the teams and playing the teams with good records, don't worry about that. We'll talk about that next on the score. Yeah, you know he still has to do a couple of things to be ready for us, so we're covered whichever way we go. But uh, I, I, it's still possible that he could pitch in that uh, Toronto series. That is Tony Larusa, and by he, he means Carlos Rodon returning from an injured list stint and looks like he is going to pitch on Thursday. It's a four-game series against the Blue Jays, and it happens in Toronto, and Rodon is on track. It's the one start that over the next few days is not set. So, you know, you, you go and you look and... You look ahead on the scoreboard, it'll say TBD. Well, the TBD looks like it's going to be uh, Carlos Rodon, which would be great. And the Sox have done, I think, the right thing. And and who you never know for sure. Tired arm, dead arm, fatigued arm, uh, discomfort, whatever it is. I don't know if Rodon was actually injured at all. And I don't care because I think it's a great thing to get as much this is this is what it means to have a double digit lead late in August in your division this means that you can line things up the way you want to give rest to players the way you want to give multiple days off to players like apparently is happening with Tim Anderson today he is not in the lineup for the Sox and guess what great as long as he's healthy great let him rest Stoney, uh, that we just talked to a moment ago, brought up a great point. You've got games, three games in Tampa on a hard surface. Then you go straight from that to three games in Toronto on a hard surface. So you give off a couple of days to players here and there. Um, Great thing. And the Sox have that luxury of doing it. So I would imagine that you do for the remainder of the season – you're going to have some of these things. With all those off days built in, I would imagine you're going to see Larusa give a guy off a day, like a day off on Sunday, and then they also have that Monday off because they've got a couple of those off Mondays coming up in September. So you'll probably see that happen where a player gets 48 hours off the field. Awesome. Great. Do that. Because Steve Stone write a lot, and this is one of those things he's right about. The healthiest team, that's what you want going into the playoffs. You want a team that is best set up to win a short series. And the teams that are best set up, and it's not guaranteed that you're going to win your series because you're healthy. But if you are healthy, you're in the best position to do it. So that's what this next month and a half, really, I guess almost a month and a half, should be. Getting this team as healthy as possible giving guys as much rest as possible. And a lot of things are setting up really nicely for them. Uh, Now, as I mentioned a moment ago, there's no guarantee this is all going to work out perfectly. But the environment, the conditions are there for this team to really put themselves in the best possible position heading into October. One, they got a bunch of off days coming up. 
seven off days between now and the end of the regular season. That's a lot. You've got all those off days. You are getting healthier, and you're not playing particularly good teams uh, down the stretch. You've got a fairly easy schedule down the stretch. So all of these things are setting up really nicely for them. Will they take advantage of it? Hopefully. Yeah, I mean, that's the whole point, right? That, that you have to be able to take advantage of this situation that is laid out for you. And I hope they do. I'm glad they have it because this could be a really, really good thing for them. Now, another question that I asked of Steve Stone, and it is something that I know that I've talked about already on this station, and I want to reiterate it today, because somebody this past week, and darn it, I'm sorry if this was you, and I don't remember who it was, had pointed this out on Twitter. And I had gone through the uh, the schedule for the White Sox and the fact they are under 500 against teams that are at 500 or just above 500. So really the good teams in baseball. Right now, the White Sox are 20 and 23 against teams that have a 500 record or better. I know Bruce and I talked about it on Inside the Clubhouse last weekend. Um, this does not worry me. I'm not worried about this. And whoever this was on Twitter that pointed it out, um, thank you for this, because I didn't think to do it last time uh, when we talked about this. Let's look at 2005, and we know what happened in 05. We can go over it a million times if you want. Uh, Sox won a World Series. It was pretty cool. Do you remember who they played in the playoffs in the American League before they got to the World Series? Well, let me remind you. They played Boston, and then they played Anaheim. Do you know what the record against those two teams was in the regular season? It was under 500. The White Sox went 3-4 and four against the Red Sox in 05, and they went 4-6 and six against the Angels in 2005. So then what happened? Well, what happened was they dominated both teams in the playoffs and lost a total of one game. One game they lost in the division series and in the ALCS combined. So now tell me, does that regular season record matter? No, it doesn't. And that's why I'm not too worried about it. I, I don't think you can extrapolate anything based on what the regular season record has been against particular teams. It, it, it happens all the time, not just in baseball, but it happens in sports where a team dominates another team in the regular season or at least has a winning record against them. And then the playoffs start and it doesn't look that way. doesn't look like they dominated that team. It happens. I'm not worried about the regular season. I don't think it has much to do with anything that happens in the playoffs. And there's, there's evidence that it doesn't matter. So if that's the kind of thing you're worried about, I would say don't. It's just not a thing that's going to matter when October rolls around. The number to visit on the show, and I'd love if you did, 312 
644-6767. You can call in and you can text on that very line. It is the score listener line powered by BetQL. Bet smarter and beat the books. Download the BetQL app today or visit BetQL.com. I'm Chris Ranji. We are with you until 1245 today. A lot of White Sox and Cubs talk to come as we get you ready for Cubs and Royals in the pregame show with Zach Zaidman at 1245 right here on The Score. Hey, Eloy, just was wondering, um, I guess you were, uh, I think, DH today, but but playing in the field yesterday and just your experience at Tropicana Field, what is it like when, when the ball is coming off that turf compared to grass or compared to maybe other surfaces? Get on you quick. That's the difference. Get on you quick. That man is a delight. He is a delight. Uh, White Sox this afternoon play a ball game. Cubs play a ball game. The Sox you can hear right here on six. Or excuse me, the Cubs you can hear on six seventy. The score, the twelve forty five pregame show with Zachary. That will be coming your way. The Sox are going to finish up a series against Tampa Bay. Then they've got a four gamer against Toronto starting tomorrow. And today, Reynaldo Lopez, who appears to be going back to the bullpen when Carlos Rodon comes back. And Lopez has been really good. I mean, just look, it's he's been a nice re-addition to the team in the absence of Rodon especially. So it's been good to have him back. He's done the job well, and he will be able to serve them coming out of the bullpen when Rodon does return. And I, I have said this already today multiple times but I just I I love it when teams even though they're not really supposed to and we don't even know if this is what the White Sox did uh, if they are manipulating the IL and said yeah he's feeling a little something he needs some rest I, I don't care do it get your guys healthy playoffs are coming up only thing that matters coming up is the playoffs right Reynaldo Lopez, Chris Archer, that is your pitching matchup for today, for this afternoon, um, as the Sox will finish up that series. And then, uh, obviously, the Cubs are going to be at Wrigley Field against Kansas City. And I am already getting the text messages about what we just discussed regarding the record, regarding the fact the Sox have not been good. Well, the record hasn't been good against teams that are at or above 500. They're 20 and 23. And I'm saying it doesn't really matter because the playoffs are a different animal. But here are a couple of text messages that disagree. And you're welcome to text the show as well. Here's a 312. Of course it matters. It means the Sox can only beat bad teams. You can pull out examples of the 1931 Yankees doing something, but that was then and has nothing to do with the 2021 Sox that can't beat good teams. I just got done telling you about a thing that happened when they won a World Series. They got beat by Boston and Anaheim during the regular season, both teams, and then they dominated them in the playoffs. It doesn't matter. This doesn't matter. Here's another one from a 269. The Houston Astros spanked the Sox in Houston this year. I sure would be worried. The games weren't even close. Okay. I think you should be worried about the Astros because they're good. What I'm saying is what has happened 
in the regular season does not matter. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Just because you dominate a team in the regular season does not mean you're going to dominate them when the playoffs start. Playoffs are a completely different animal. They're managed differently. They're played differently. And maybe the health for your team is different at that time. It does not matter. Doesn't matter. The only thing that matters is that you have a good team yourself. Your team is healthy. You can line things up the way you want to as far as the rotation goes. You can give adequate rest to players leading in to the playoffs. And you're healthy. That's it. Those are the things that matter. Those are the things that set you up to have the best possible outcome when the playoffs start. Doesn't guarantee that it's going to happen your way, but it's the best thing that can happen to you. If the White Sox had absolutely dominated all the good teams in baseball and had not lost a single game, does that mean they're going to go into the postseason and do that? Does that mean they would go into the postseason and not get swept in the division series? Of course not. It's freaking baseball, man. Of course not. Like, I would be worried about the Astros because they're good. That's it. Not because they've already lost to them. It doesn't matter. Honestly, I'm looking at any of the teams they would potentially play in the postseason, and I go, those are going to be good teams. That's going to be tough. But the regular season record is absolutely no indication of what's going to happen. Doesn't matter. They might get swept in the division series, but it's not because they lost in the regular season to Houston or New York or whoever. Doesn't mean anything. It's We're starting fresh. When the playoff, Look, you're going to do some things in a regular season you wouldn't do in a postseason. And, you know, you're a baseball fan if you're listening to this show. Um, how many times do they ask a pitcher in the regular season to, quote, wear it? And by wear it, I mean things are kind of getting away from him, but they don't want to go to the bullpen too early because guys are kind of banged up. They need to give rest to the pen, so they tell that starter, hey, I don't care if you don't have your good stuff tonight. You're staying out there, and you're going to throw five innings for us because we need to give the bullpen rest. That doesn't happen in a playoff game. There's no wearing it in a playoff game. You manage things differently. You go to the bullpen quick. You're going to have a quick hook in the pen. And this team, and while all of the teams that we're talking about in the American League have improved at the trade deadline, The White Sox did a thing that is, uh, well, it's coveted by a lot of teams. You want as strong of a bullpen as possible going into the playoffs, and they've done that. I, I don't know if they could have made it any stronger. They have two closers, and it's not the, hey, if you have two closers, you don't have any closers thing. That's not what this is. They had two legitimate closers on their team, two guys who are legitimate closers. Not, well, we got this guy, and he can do it sometimes, and there's this other guy who might be able to do it sometimes. Not That's not what we're talking about here. Sox are in excellent position when it comes to the bullpen, and they will probably rely on it more than they do during a regular season, which puts them in good position against these other teams. 
So I, I would not be looking at the regular season record and be freaking the hell out about having to play any of these teams. Just have a normal amount of concern because you're playing against good teams. But the regular season record does not indicate a damn thing when the playoffs start. It just doesn't. It never does. It never does. So, uh, hopefully, it will turn out the way we want it to turn out, but I would not be spending too much uh, time worrying about it. And I think there are probably a lot of times that they're worried about it. In fact, you know who's not worried about any of this? Liam Hendricks. We were just talking about the Houston Astros. And remember the series where the Sox lost three or four to them? It was a couple of months ago. And Mark Grody and I were talking to Liam Hendricks. And he was not too worried about it. Congratulations, you swept us in June. Uh, who gives a That's right. Congratulations, you swept us in June. So it, was, it was a sweep, it wasn't three or four. Uh, you swept us in June, who gives a bleep? And he's right, it doesn't matter. Be healthy. Line up the rotation the way you want and get to work. That's it. That's it. And I think they're going to be in good position to do it. So if you're worried about that or if you're worried about a 10.5 game lead evaporating, it can happen, but I just don't think so. I just don't think so. And uh, somebody on the text line and the text has gone away. I can't find it and it would take too long and I'd be sitting here in silence reading the text uh, line. But somebody earlier had mentioned the 05 team, and that team had a 15-game lead, and that almost completely went away. Yeah, it did, but what was the difference that year? You had some other good teams in the division, and Cleveland's not terrible by any means, but would you really legitimately be worried about Cleveland? Well, Minnesota, forget about. Uh, Or Detroit? who's been playing better baseball, uh, would you be worried about them? And I mean, I mean, seriously, really think about this. Would you be concerned about either of those teams starting to play just an absurd amount of baseball over the final month and coming back and winning this division in front of the Sox? Seriously, think about that. If that happens, that would be a miracle of miracles. And uh, yeah, tip your cap. Uh, It just, it's not going to happen. It isn't going to happen. You don't have a Twins or a Cleveland team from 15 years ago that you really got to worry about. You just, it's, it is not the same. So I, for one, am not worried. I want you to hear a little bit from uh, Frank Schwindel, who is a new member of the Cubs. He is, uh, became over, um, uh, claimed from Oakland. And he was on Inside the Clubhouse yesterday. So I want you to hear a little bit from him. Chris Bryant had some interesting comments. You may or may not have heard these already. I'd like you to hear those. All of that is coming up. And uh, Mike Matheny not happy with the way things went down at Wrigley Field yesterday. Despite the fact his team won, a player on his team lost a potential big moment for him. And Matheny, not happy. All that coming up next. I'm Chris Ranji with you. The I was going to say the final hour. It's not. We've got another hour plus before the 1245 Zach Zaidman Cubs pregame show is coming up 
I'm Chris Ranji with you on Hit and Run on the Score. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.